Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Scarred. I'm your host, Kayla Nelson. And I know it's been a little time. I know I'm, I know it's been a little time, but just trust and know that I am working on myself to be better. Uh, and just so many things right now. But most of the most important thing that I'm doing right now is taking care of self. And in order to do that, I have to step back from some things. And and so, God, I'm, I'm just waiting on God to give me direction and and just confirmation about where, you know, the vision of Perfectly Scarred and all the things that's, that, that I see for it. Um, but in this episode, which is called Saved by Grace, I am speaking with Kimberly Labrie. Um, and what a conversation that we have. When I tell you it blessed my soul and even editing it, it really was so much needed in my life. And so I know that because it's needed in my life, I know that it's needed in yours. And I, and I didn't want to keep, keep it any longer and, and wait. Um, so I know it's random. I know that, you know, it's it really doesn't have a season I would say that it's still season one um but this is just something that I it I was just led to do and I'm excited about it because it's going to help a lot of people and um so please just like and share um subscribe I'm I'm here I'm here and if you have any concerns please just know that this conversation is not to judge, shame, or condemn anybody. It, it is full of love and grace because that is what we were shown. And our lives reflect that. And Kim, she loves people. And I, I know, you know, the joy that she has. So uh, just understand that we are coming from a place of love and grace because we were extended grace. We're going to extend the grace. Do you hear me? But without further ado, this is Saved by Grace with Kimberly Labrie. Welcome to another episode of Perfectly Scarred. Today I am joined by Kim Labrie. Came across, maybe some of y'all who are listening uh, came across, across Kim when she shared her testimony on Facebook and it has went viral upon viral. How many like how many shares do you even know? You know, I, once it got over a thousand, I I just I, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> which is you know, which is amazing because it, this month that we're recording is the month of Pride Month, of course, and so um, yeah, I I just was compelled to just be like, you know, let me, let me ask her if she wanted to join the podcast so she could share her testimony because it is one is long. And I think that she has so much more to offer. And I just wanted to kind of get her take on some things and just share with the people and help someone who may be struggling with the same thing that she was struggling with and help the church love this community um, that we're going to talk about today better and how we can just approach this topic without fear um, and more love. Um, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about saved by grace. Uh, so Kim, can you just start off and just uh, tell us who you are and where you just where you're from and um, just a little bit of your story? Yeah, of course. I'll be glad to. And um, I first if I can, I'd like to give honor to my pastor, Pastor Russell Drake, and uh, my pastor's wife, Sister uh, Tessa Drake. I love them, and uh, thank. I want to thank them uh, publicly for allowing me to be a part and make it uh, impactful. And so, I, I'm going to be really. I think we need to be transparent here as much as we possibly can if we're going to affect people, um, and that's the goal here. Uh, but I actually had, had populated the post and then knowing that it was pride month, I put it in my archived list, uh, on social media. And I was like, I'm not going to post this. I got afraid. And that's typically not something that I deal with. (laughs) You know, I'm pretty, uh, most people would tell you, you know, I I don't have um, any inhibitions about God because he's just done so much for me. 
But this is something, uh, you know, because he saved me from more than just same-sex attraction uh, as far as just overcoming that sin. Um, it's much more than that, as a lot of people read. It was a lifetime of trauma, um, abuse, pain. And, and that's not to say that's everyone's story, which we'll touch on. That's not everybody's story uh, that leads to same-sex attraction. But for me, um, that was one of the catalysts uh, that did it. Um, because, you know, we find out a lot of times that, and as I found out, as the Holy Ghost has revealed to me, that sin, a lot of times, especially now in these days that we live in, with the spiritual principalities being so oppressive, that sin is like an onion. It's not just one layer, you know, when, when, when the days of old, you know, people could just hear a message and would run to the altar and repent. And it was like, you could feel the liberation and, and, and the atmosphere was different, but in the days and times that we live in today, sin is so rampant and it is so accepted everywhere that you go, that sin has become this thing that's normalized. And so in order to, for us to overcome it, it's, it's a, it's, truly a deep spiritual oppression. So for me growing up, it was just something, it was always something that I always, you know, knew. Um, so it wasn't anything that was foreign to me. And that's a lot of people's story. You know, um, originally, I know you asked where I was from. Originally I was born in Massachusetts. Um, but my family through different times of brokenness, um, we moved a lot. Uh, originally I was, uh, in an orphanage for a while due to abuse. Um, from my biological father at a very young age. And then uh, I was in multiple foster homes with multiple different families um, until I was finally able to go back to live with my biological mother. And that was a very terrible situation because it was drug addiction. And it was just a lot of horrible things um, that we had to endure. Poverty, um, which a lot of people have to deal with, that is oppressive in itself. Um, but going into it, you know, um, over time, it led to the person that I had become. And to me, it was normalized because everywhere I looked, you know, it wasn't a big deal. You know, it, it, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal uh, to be what I, what, what my sin had made me and how I had become um, as a person. By you saying that you were same sex attraction that was that at a young age how did, when did you know what was going on well really and this is something that i have found from other people as well not just myself but if it's something that is trauma based like for me um i figured out that i had an aversion to men even though in my mind i didn't realize that um but it was more the abuse that i had dealt with was from men so I kind of viewed them as uh, dangerous and it would leave me feeling very vulnerable. And so I felt safer with women. I felt safer with girls of my peer. And uh, that's kind of how that morphed, you know, and that's what happens to a lot of people is because we're broken. And, and so you feel comfortable with the person that you can share with, you know, that best friend or, you know, um, the neighbor that comes over and spends the night, you know, that happens a lot because, you know, a child typically who has been abused. Um, and I, and I've seen this and heard this people popping in. That's a good thing about sharing your testimony and social media is people can pop in your inboxes. And I've seen this being told to me over and over by parents and other people who are like, Hey, I have family members, uh, children, uh, people, you know, that have been victimized and, you know, they went through some really serious trauma and this is where they are in the same place that you're saying that you found yourself. Um, and that's how it was for me. Um, you know, like I said, with the abuse with my biological father, um, and it went on, uh, and I'd had some different experiences with other people in my family as well. When I was a very young age, and it was just something that always seemed to kind of follow me that it always kind of happened to me. And inside I was like, well, may, you start to think maybe it's my fault you know, and you start to rationalize it in a, at a young age, it's gotta be, it's gotta be me. It can't be them. It has to be me. So then you start to feel familiar and comfortable with the ones that, you know, you can be close to that you can share with and me not understanding and knowing 
inside that it, that's all it was, was just hurt. It was hurt looking for love, you know, love that I never really got from anybody. And I was willing to take it and I was willing to lick it off a knife. Let's put it that way. And that's the best way I can put it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I think a lot of people's stories come from trauma. Like we, we don't even realize that we're dealing with it until it's, you know, in, until we see the fruit of it. And that's, mm. and that's what that is. It just, it just so happens to be your, that's your story. But in the right. same sense, I have been hurt by men as well. And yeah. I took it on the other side and, and the other extreme where, well, I'm going to hurt them before they hurt me. You know right. what I'm saying? So, yes. you know, I think that a lot of people, they put it in this category and we'll get to that later, but they, they put same-sex attraction into this category. It's just like, no, sometimes that trauma even though you're still you're you're attracted to a different the opposite sex that does not mean that you don't have any hurt towards them and you don't you don't um I didn't respect men for a long period of time like it was a while before I just Absolutely. realized God had to reveal that to me that Kayla you don't respect men like mm. you should as my sons and so that's why you do the things that you do because you don't respect them and I love so that you said that I love that you said that yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Deep because look, an, an unhealthy relationship is an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. You know, and it can, it can manifest. That's the word we're looking for. It can manifest itself uh, in any kind of way, you know, and that's why we need, uh, we need the Holy ghost. You know, it's very important um, that we, you know, I'll, I'll be very, let me, let, let me say this before I go into what I was just about to say about that. About uh, maybe just a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago um, on a Wednesday, we had a session, a fire chat session at our church called Real Talk. And it was something unprecedented that we had never done before. And it kind of unlocked a lot of this in many of us and myself. Um, personally, uh, I'm not ashamed to say this. I used to be, but since January, um, I've been in, I've been in therapy and I have been brutally honest about some of these things that are on the inside that I couldn't even admit to God, you know, these things that God wants to reach in and do an inner surgery through the Holy ghost with us about these things that even like you're talking about these shortcomings in these areas where we are so broken that it's almost inaudible, you know? Um, and I started this therapy and I just said, God, you know, you know that there's places where I was hurt and abused at such a young age. And I'm just now climbing 10 years. I've, you know, I have been in the Lord filled with the Holy ghost and, uh, baptized in his name and serving, but it's not like as soon as you give your life to God, it's a one and done. It's not. And everybody right. thinks, well, you're instantly heterosexual. You know, uh, uh, a switch has been flipped and all of a sudden you love men. Come and <laughs> it's not like that. The right. Holy Ghost empowers us, just like with what you're saying. You can see the error in your ways. And mm -hmm. now you're given the power to make right. a choice. You're given the power to make a choice. So I was given the power to make a choice. That's why when all these people were coming at me, uh, in saying things, uh, on the testimony in in loving question, I, I, I really wanted to answer. I mean, I did, I don't know if you saw this, but I was so honest. I said, I get the fact that what you're saying is, is that trauma did not lead you to homosexuality. Trauma does not always lead people to those things, right. but, but we have to line up our lives against the word of God. We have to look at it. And now we have to say, am I going to live by the counsel of my own will? Or am I going to live by the counsel of God's will? Yeah. This is who, this is what I have to do is I have to truly look at it and juxtapose my life to the word of God. And I have to say, this is, what am I going to do now? This is my choice. Because even though maybe these things didn't lead me down this road, I'm not saying that, you know, it's a blanket that covers everybody. Oh, well, this is your story too. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that yeah. God's design is laid out yeah. 
and we have a choice as to whether we're going to be obedient to it or not. And so yeah. I was given that choice, you know, but um, we had that session, that fire, sh- that fire chat session where we could all just be very transparent and real. It wasn't a normal church service. It was just all of, it was four of us from four different walks of God telling our different story. And I had people coming to me for days and even up to a week later telling me, you know, I had shame and things that, you know, Kim, that I, that I was dealing with. And I just, you know, I I felt like I needed to wear this mask and never talk about it. And it just unlocked this, this stronghold almost that I think sometimes we all wear these masks and we, you know, it's almost like these, these masks that we wear. And we think that just because we live for God, that we need to uh, project ourselves as if we never have issues and problems. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. How can God get inside and use us to reach the hurting if we never admit that we are right? right. You know, that's we got so we, at some point we have to, you know, that is, that is, that's very true. And I think, man, it is, it's really so much to unpack like you we can well we could be here all day just i know (laughs) (laughs) we really could we really really could could. and and it because it is and i think that that's one thing what you hit on is is the hurt that even though and and also what you said about when you come from and i'm gonna ask you we can talk about it now since we already talked about it you coming from this lifestyle and then you coming into christ people think oh, well, I got to be straight. I don't know how to be straight. I don't know how. And it's like, I didn't know how to not be lustful. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so it's not, or I didn't know how not to be a cheater. I didn't know how not to be uh, a gossiper. I didn't know all those things. I didn't have a clue, but because Christ, I allowed Christ in and I gave him the opportunity to work through me Mm. and to heal me. I actually see like what you're saying. I see where my flaws were. I see. So now that I have the Holy Spirit, which is uh, if we look at Jude, I think 24, it says yes. that the Holy Spirit, God empowers us. We don't do it. It's That's not right. me coming to him and I'm going to do the work. No, the Holy Spirit within me is going to keep me from lusting. It's going to keep me from giving my body away. It's going to keep me from uh, wanting to be in a relationship with the, the same sex. You know, that's so right. we have to give it to God. And then that's where he's going to do the work. We got to take the pressure off ourselves. And yep. um, so, yeah. Because yeah. our flesh will always fail us every yes. time. Yes, if we will. rely on flesh... Cause we have to live in this stuff, you know, and so many times we beat ourselves up and we, especially when, when we, when we falter, when we fail, you know, and then we, we just, we do, we, we're terrible about that. We beat ourselves up and we think, you know, that, that God's done with us. And, you know, I, I, am I'm, I'm going to be so honest with you. And I feel compelled to tell you this. Um, and many people that are listening that even attend my church might not even know this. I've maybe only told this to a couple of people, but for many, many years, I would not go and pray with people unless God really pushed me to do it. I love mm-hmm. to worship. I'm very charismatic. I have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, God's done so much through me. And he literally, uh, I'm one of the few people that I, I can, I can feel it, uh, you just, you have an unction, you know, I could feel it when he called me, when he called me, it was like an alarm clock went off and I had a choice. It was a choice. Like it was like, ding, 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 ding. it was like, it was like, okay, it's your time. You know, that's how I came into the church. It was like, uh, the, the person that I had spent almost, uh, at the time, it was like seven years in a same sex relationship with her whole family was in this church that I go to now and was apostolic and she was brought up apostolic. Um, And I'm actually uh, not to drop anything here, but I do want to let you know, and other people listening that's been asking, um, I'm going to be working on writing a book. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to tell, um, but this is part of it. It's very exciting what God has done, Um, but there'll be more on that later. And you can check my social media, but uh, 
she actually, <laughs> she, so many times you hear of these relationships and you wonder what happened to the other person. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Tell us about that. She, tell us about so how she you came. So she had two children at the time and we were a quote unquote family. So when we came to the church, this is love. Okay. When we came to the church. Nobody looked at us and said, you guys aren't a family. You guys need to split apart. They didn't take this, 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 this hurting unit of people and try to rip us apart. They didn't do right. that. Okay. What they did was, and like I said, in, in, in my, in my uh, post on social media is they preached the truth. They lived the truth and God revealed to me through prayer that something must have spoken to them to see us as knowing that we're, we're homosexuals coming into probably one of the hardest doctrines and faiths to walk into and sit on a pew and get, get preached the word, the true word of God and feel the conviction and know that you are, you, look, let's be honest. Homosexuality is up there with like the worst. If you ask anybody, the level yeah. of sin as hu what humanity, uh, us as just regular people, what we do, we right. rate, we rate sin. Yeah, we do. And that's just because we're human. We don't mean to be ugly, but this is just being real. Okay. Gossiping and all that. It's, it's not at as the bad bottom. as it's, look, <laughs> it's at the bottom. You tell it's like, lie, that's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if you're gay, right. ho, ho, you burning already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we walk into the church, we're sitting on the same pew and we're coming and we're attending and they know that we live in the same home, but you know what? They saw that we had faith that we wanted to grow yeah. and, and they didn't, they didn't try to micromanage our life. They yeah. let the Holy Ghost speak to us. Come on. They let the, they let the Holy Ghost they loved us. They stood for the truth. They didn't compromise, right. you know, and, and I hear so many stories that are not like this. And this needs to be the model for how we treat any person who is different than what we are. Such were some of you. Right. This is what we need to realize is that us as flesh, we look at the meth addict. We look at the homosexual and our flesh judges them. Okay. Mm -hmm. But just like a projector, when you were in high school, it's an inanimate object, but it projects, right? Right. So love needs to intercede for us. It needs to project and stand in front of us. Okay. So the word intercede means to intervene on one's behalf. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how does love intercede for us? It intervenes for us. It stands in front of us. It is Jesus Christ to the hurting, to the ones that we would normally reject with a pharisaical spirit. Look, the Pharisee, the Pharisee, they love God. They live by 613 Torah laws. You cannot tell me that the Pharisee didn't love God. Okay. Right. But they judged and they got it wrong because they weren't after God's heart. Right. They didn't see the people. They didn't understand the broken. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand the hurting, the lost, the sick. And Jesus came down. God himself had to leave heaven just to come and teach us how hard-headed and hard-hearted we really were towards people. Yep. And even to this very day, we've got churches and people who are living for the living God who are making jokes, people with the Holy Ghost now, making jokes towards homosexuals, mm -hmm. making jokes towards people who are lost. Look, you're not wrong. You're lost. Right. There's a difference. We need to discern that first of all. Come on. We're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're lost. If you and I, if you and I, Filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? If we are in error, we are wrong. Right, right. But the people who are in the world who don't have God, if they err, they are lost. And that is different. Yes. And, and you know, side note, the New Testament, those letters. Absolutely. It's, it's to, to the, the church. church. They're not Come to the, the, the person that has never heard of God or doesn't know God and never was raised with God. They were, right. that was to the people that were filled with the Holy spirit. Yes. And walking and supposed, well, supposed to be walking in this thing with God. And that's right. 
that that right. and that that's half of the book that's half of the bible right there that's half of the bible and we forget that's like right. so many people forget that and i'm like did you forget that this was you know as i was studying you know when i first when i when i came back to god i was studying and i was like so many people have missed the mark on teaching this because mm-hmm. this is for us this is not for just the everyday person that does not that's know right. god this is for us that's so right. That's just a little side nugget for the it people absolutely that, is. <laughs> that and, like and to we, judge. <laughs> you know what? You That right there, it, it speaks volumes. And that's something that we need to remember. You know, there's a song by Maverick City called Joy of the Lord. I don't know if anybody who's listening may have heard this song. But one of the lyrics, and it caught my attention during prayer tonight. And it said, and I wanted to read this. It said, there's a dying world out there. The only way the world will change is if we put on love and don't take it off. We got to put on the garment of love. Yeah, We have to. That's how I was reached. You know, I mean, if you, I know you saw those, those pictures, like I said, you know, in the book, there'll be so much more revealed, but I, I was in prison twice, two times, prison, not jail, prison, mm-hmm. locked up. They won't let me out. That kind of stuff. <laughs> Okay. Like being real. Right. This is real as real can get. And I'm I'm real. Hey, we we real on here. 17 years I lived as a lesbian and swore that's who I was, that I was born that way. I even contemplated it at one time. Well, this is it. I was born this way. I might as well go ahead and get a sex change because I was born with the wrong anatomy. God got it wrong with me because that's, I mean, that is the thinking that takes over your mind when you live by the counsel of your own will and you're confused and you're broken. Yeah. And people would look at me walking with my best friend, who at the time was my partner, and would think that I was her son. But I didn't see the delusion. I was living a delusion. When I look at other people now, when I see that in others, I see it now that it's a delusion, that they're trying to be, it's like me saying that I, I'm going to be a tree. Because I identify with the leaves, I, you know, I feel like I, I feel like a tree, you know, yeah. we, we don't understand because there's just all this confusion that's taken place in the mind. And that's why God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah. And we have to allow him to rule over our thoughts and take his place above our life, you know, and for so long, I was just so confused and I was just broken. She was broken. Uh, you, I started to touch on that a bit and I know you wanted me to kind of go into that just a little bit, but just briefly, um, her, her whole family, they had every reason to turn me away. They had every reason to tell me that I was not allowed in their home. They had every reason to say, you know, that he, she, it was, can't come to Thanksgiving, Christmas, but no, I was and the whole family's apostolic. They allowed me to come and eat birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, Mm. uh, just treated me so good. My whole family had always been just, except for my older brother and my younger brother, um, my, the rest of my family, it drugs and just bad stuff. And, you know, there was no sense of family. It wasn't like that. It was like a bunch of pirates, you know? So (laughs) this was my first taste of a real family. And I was like, wow, you know, these people are really awesome. And and at the time, you know, one of our friends who lived with us was a Satanist and they allowed him to come to the Thanksgiving. Yeah. A Satanist. Just just come. But they had no fear because they knew the true living God. And that, can you, can you speak on that a little bit as far as like, uh, how we can, how we are uncomfortable with people that are different? Like, yeah that they were fearless. Yeah. Well, uh, just being honest from, from my perspective, from what I, when I look back on it now, um, I hope that I can be as brave as they were. And I try to at every instance, because it was just pure grace. It was, it was just love. And I'm sure, like I said about the flesh and maybe inside of themselves, they were like, okay, this is a little heavy, but in all honesty, it's, it's overwhelming because 
just the fact that you can say, no matter what you look like or what you sound like or what you smell like, you know, I might've just smoked a blunt before I walked into your house. This is being real. We're talking very real and very mature here. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm walking into your home and the first thing that you do is you wrap your arms around me and tell me that you love me because Mm -hmm. inside of you is something that is greater. Greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. So what I had in me was nothing. Right. I was empty. I was empty. Yeah. But in them, they were full and they were so full that they were able to just pour out love. And that was attractive. Yeah. It was very attractive because all I ever knew was struggle, struggle, right. struggle, struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. can we get up enough money like to go buy a pack of Newports and can we get up enough money to go, you know, get some of this or get that. And for yeah. them, it was just, I always saw that they were taking care of them. When I had a need or we had a need, we knew who to call. Yeah. Pick up the phone, you know, but they always just loved, love, love, loved. And I'm sure there were many nights of prayer, many nights of them just uh, wishing that, you know, because they, they would, they were unabashed. They would talk about God right there. You know, I'm of course my ears, I'm getting little seeds here and there, you know, but my ears are, are closed because I'm just there, you know, but something was getting inside being exposed to the Holy ghost was getting inside because on my birth, on my birthday, on August 11th, on August of uh, 11th of 2011, I wanted to go to church and I didn't even know why I didn't, I still to this day, can't tell you why I wanted to go. (laughs) I know. Just need to be there. Like my best friend, she said at the time, my partner, she said, what do you want to do today for your birthday? You know, for this year, birthday week, I always had a birthday week. I said, I want to go to church. She was like, you want to, huh? I said, I want to go to church. She was like, okay. So I put on my little boy clothes. I put my, I put my polo on. I put my watch on, my big watch on. <laughs> put my necklace, my best necklace on, my hood necklace on. Put you my your collar. ring in. Look, I took, put, tighten up, put on my best tongue ring. Did my you, best little eyebrow ring, you, my earrings. You, you had your pop, your your collar pop, too. You you already know it. <laughs> Look, straight thugging it. I said, I said we're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna see everybody. It's gonna be cool, you know. We go up in there. Look, they they didn't even get through like the first song. I'm. God was like, I'm calling you. <laughs> Is that when you got baptized? You- it was. We both ended up. Uh, we both ended up coming to the Lord and and repentance and uh, and it wasn't shortly after that we get baptized. We got actually. We both were filled. She was refilled and I was uh, filled with the Holy Ghost first, and then we were baptized after. And uh, and and it was amazing. We both came to the Lord on the same day, and um, she actually had two children uh, that are grown now that were living in the home, and they were going to church with her parents yeah, uh, for probably a few months and coming home and probably just had the Holy ghost permeated all over them coming mm-hmm. on into the house. And, you know, God, he just, he's so passionate about us. You know, yeah. I, I want to say this. I want to say, I find myself now when I look at people, when I'm in the grocery store or other places, I look past what I see with my eyes because my prayer is always this. God, let me see with your eyes. Let me hear with your ears. Let me think with your thoughts. Right. That's my sincere prayer. Because when I look at people, like when I go in the Aldi and when I go in the Walmart, when I look at them, I think, I think to myself, honestly, I think to myself, I say, I wonder what gift they have in the Holy Ghost. I wonder yeah. what, they, what, what they would be like in church. You know, I'm always thinking, how would they be? renewed, restored. And that's always in my mind, you know, because I mean, wouldn't that be a perfect world if we were all, if we could all just drop a net and just catch all the fish, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, soul winning is like my heartbeat. I love to reach people. I love to disciple people. I love to just tell them the truth of God and allow the Holy Ghost to open my mouth, allow the Holy Ghost to speak and just love on people and share my testimony. But this portion of my testimony, uh, until my mom passed away last year, I've never really shared. Yeah. This is really the first time through all of this that I felt ready to share it. Um, and like I said, I've been in therapy since January because there were just a lot of deep hurts and I did not feel prepared to even tackle something like this. Yeah. I would, cause it's easy to talk about, Oh, I gave the drugs and God saved me from this, but to really talk about things like this, yeah, it, it's the hard thing, but God yeah. wants to be challenged to do oh, the hard. Yes. Even, even starting this, this podcast, like I said, it was, it was a whole lot of things and recently uh, that have came up that I'm like, Oh, I didn't deal with that. <laughs> I got to deal with that. Okay. Let me, uh, let me go back to uh, deal with that. So I want to be more authentic in, in telling my testimony, not just being transparent because I, I, I mean, I'm an open book, but to right. really get down to saying, you know, I struggled with some things like I yeah. struggled with, I struggled with X, Y, and Z yes. and, um, and how I see myself and rejection and what that really did for my heart um, right. and trying to move past that. So even starting this, you know, God is like, ah, I, you know, you gotta help. You gotta deal with this too. Yes. Uh, along with that. And, and part of me, and part of this podcast is really just a helping me heal because wow. I hear so many testimonies and I'm like, man, that's so inspiring. And, and it's, it's a part of my healing process oh, that's uh, beautiful. in a way. And so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, and, and when it, you write it, your it book, you're going to, when you write your book, you're going to see how that's going to be a part of your, that's going to be, I mean, even you sharing your testimony, that's a part of you uh, healing, but you writing a book and you stepping out, that is going to be like, okay, mm. I am, I am, I have overcome this. Yeah. And, and it's just a part of the process and it's going to be beautiful. And I can't wait to read it. You um, know, sister Kayla, I'll tell you this. Um, a lot of people have questions and they wonder how do we reach the world that we're in today? Mm -hmm. It's changed so much. And sin is so widely accepted. Where do we stand as the church? And how do we, as being so set apart and living so different and so against the grain than the world that we know today is? It used to be at least Christianity was somewhat accepted. Right. You know, we grew up, God, it was in God we trust. And it was pretty much commonplace, you know, that most would be a self-professed Christian. But now... Right not so much. How do we reach not just people who struggle with same-sex attraction, but sin itself, the layer of spiritual oppression that we deal with? How do we deal with that in the modern day church? And it's very simple. This being authentic. God wants his people to get out from behind the mask right? and to dig down deep because there's, there's, there's very few things that people People, you know, the people in the world I have found, you know, I dealt with this recently with someone that I, I, they were a knucklehead and I really just wanted to get through to them. And I couldn't because they just, they were so, you can feel it. I don't know if you're sensitive to this, but you can feel it when you are really working and investing in someone, you can feel the walls. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, how far you can go yeah. and when to back up. Yeah. And there were so many walls, so many walls. And I said, the one area it's like the world, the one, the world we live in today, the one area that no one is immune from is hurt. Right. Everyone experiences that. Mm -hmm. And many uh, don't want to talk about it. Yep. And so if we can get to a place where we're just saying, you know what, it's time to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's time to talk about these things that nobody wants to talk about. Everybody wants to dress the part and look the part and show up and, 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 you know, have the right friends and drive the right car and do the right, you know, say the right things. We got to get past that. Yeah. God's created us for more. We are all unique. We don't need to all look like one another. You know, I'm, if you ever met me in person, I wear a denim skirt. 
I wear tennis shoes. Most of the time I wear a t-shirt. I'm just very real. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I love that God has allowed me to just be me, you know, and it helps me to not feel like there's this pressure to be someone that I should be. Right. I want to be effective for him. That's right. the only thing that's important to be obedient to his word, be obedient to my pastor and be obedient to what he has and to the word of God. That's it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. not feel like we need to be anything other than authentic. And that's how we reach people. Yes. Yes. And so with that, I got another question. You just, by you saying that, I just got another question. How yeah. can one find that how 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 did you find that boldness to just be you like to not have the pressure of because i mean let's be real we're in yep. pentecost we're in, yeah, we're absolutely. apostolic we gotta come we gotta come yep. with it yeah you know it, it's it's dressed to impress when we go to a conference or my mom <laughs> i saw your face when i said it and that's how i knew i said god you about to speak on something i was like let us say it let us and be so real how can we just be who God is calling us to be without all the other stuff. Right. Right. Well, he, you know, he is calling us into this new season to reach, to reach this new generation and and to reach this world that we're in. But in order to be that, you know, I didn't just start out being like this. It wasn't like that. No way. You know, so let me just quickly take you through it. Um, In the beginning, there was that pressure because we all feel it. And some of us, we are still, pressed down by that pressure, mm-hmm. whether it's just the atmosphere in our, in our actual uh, church that we feel um, or, and that can happen, you know, at times, you know, or sometimes it's actually in our minds. Um, we've allowed the enemy. We, you know, I hate to say this, but sometimes we allow the enemy to whisper things in our uh, just to, to our insecurity. And that actually happened to me. Um, the first maybe year or two when I was at my home church, when I was at sanctuary of praise, um, and I came to the Lord, you got to understand. I never, I never wore clothes like a skirt or dressed up. Like I I had said on this fireside chat that I spoke of, I said, we only dress like that. Like if somebody died, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And that was it. Like, you know, we, it just was, it wasn't like that, you know? So that culture that wasn't bred in me. If I wanted to look good, I'm popping my collar, like you said, you know, and I'm dressing after the culture of the world, but, and that's kind of just the thing that it's bred into all of us, whether you're in the world or whether you're in church culture. Um, but really to get out from underneath that, it takes, It takes you just being real with yourself. And that's hard. That's really hard because we are almost, we feel like a slave to being, uh, I don't want to say it wrong to offend anybody. Um, But I mean, this is just the human condition. We, we really want to be seen. Yeah. Oh, we do. Oh, come on. We, we, you know, and and, you know, that's something that it's really, you know, I, I say this a lot and I'm going to tell, tell this to you. There's one, there's, there's many things that people think they can cast out. You can never cast out carnality. That is something that takes discipline yes. and, and time and patience. You really gotta, you, you have to deal with self. And that's one of the hardest things to do because, you know, when we have the Holy ghost, he empowers us to do so much. Jesus, he's so, he's so great. You know, he, mm-hmm. he can just help us to live this life. You know, we really just put in the work, you know, but dealing with self, that's something that nobody wants to do. Nobody want. everybody will say it was the devil that made me do it. Come on. <laughs> I did this because I was so-and-so did. Yep. Nobody wants to look at self in the mirror and say self, me and you have had an appointment for a long time. Yeah. And I yeah. really, we need to deal. There's some things that we got to talk about. There's some things that we need to, that we need to sit down and we need to figure out because I'm being held bound by these things. 
you know, like nobody want to, I mean, I've even heard of it probably five, six years ago, people talking about, well, I don't want to get out and worship because I might mess up my hair. I might mess up my clothes. That's serious. Yeah, yeah it really we, is. That's why we got songs like, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid of what it's going to look like. That kind of thing, that mantra. Why are we singing those things? It's because it's just like, why are we seeing the label of do not drink this? Yeah. It's because somebody drank it. Right. So why are we singing songs like, I don't care what it looks like. It's because people care what people care what it looks like. Yeah. We got to the point where we stop caring what it looks like. It's got to be unto God. Yeah. yeah. We have to find individuality and identity with Christ going back to identity. That was a lot of the meat of what you and I spoke about. Yeah. How do we find our identity? We find our identity in Christ. Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, we can't identify with sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, you know, or, you know, this organization or that organization, you need to find your identity and who God's called you to be and be unique for him. For me, for me, I'm on the ground floor, you know, just they mess around in my neighborhood and call me a street preacher just because I'm just out here being real. I'm not trying to have a put on about anything. I want yeah. to be just authentic yeah. and real, you know, yeah. period. Yeah. Now I like to look nice when I go to church. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I don't have the most money and I don't have the best clothes. You know, I, my repertoire is small. I might, you know, hit the same outfit at least three times in a month. I'm not scared about it. Cause I'm not here to please hey, and that's and that's your business. That ain't got right. nothing to do with nobody else. I am here to please the Lord. You know, I'm not here to even worry about you know praying off the week because I didn't spend my time, you know, making sure that I got right with God. You know what I'm saying? I'm here yeah. to give exaltation unto God. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And you know, yes. and that's that's man finding identity. We get so caught up in. And I mean, and that goes with even what you spoke about earlier was, you know, the gender, you know, dressing as a man and then coming and then even coming here and then trying to fit into this. And it's like, and God is just sitting there like, I didn't ask you to do none of that. I just just asked you (laughs) to do, to love me. That's right. I will work out all those kids. I will do I will all that. It all out. I remember when I first came back, I st- and I still struggle. You know, I mm-hmm. struggle with wearing skirts because of the fact that one, I work in law enforcement. And so I wore a uniform uh, until I got promoted. I was wearing a uniform. And so it wasn't as, you know, easy for me uh, just to switch over like that because my job and um it was a transition it was a it has been it has been a transition and it's still a transition you know there are some things that i'm like i'm a kind of liberal and there are some things that i'm like i'm gonna meet the standard that god has set and so you know but i'm not going to force that upon anyone because i understand it takes it's my my outer appearance does not mean that i'm a woman that's right. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think a lot of times, and I heard of, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but Jackie Hill Perry, she also struggled with yeah. same-sex attraction. Yes. And a lot of what she says is that, you know, the reason why women, you know, the gender identity thing is because we have put our, we have made it to where a man is this, 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 this. He wears this, 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 this. And a woman is this, this, this. Or she wears this, 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 this. And that does not make you a man nor a woman. You know, despite if you, and some might disagree with me, but if you, even though we wear skirts, that does not mean that we're a woman. It, it is our essence. It is the fact that God created us to be a helpmate and even if you are a man, you still can't play the role that God created for a woman. Never. You know, it, it it's still going to be abnormal, you know, right. at the end of the day. And it's, and it's all love. I'm not saying that to, you know, to offend anyone, but I am Absolutely saying that. Absolutely not, because we know the, we, we know the word tells us, you know, a man uh, can't wear chance to a woman and a woman to a man, you know, and that was one of the things that I had to deal with for my personal self is because for so long I dressed in men's apparel. That's mm-hmm. what 
I, I robed myself in because I wasn't comfortable in female clothing. Right. Because my identity was skewed. Right. You know, so wearing skirts and things like that. Now it's not an issue for me to dress that way because I realize that it's my least reasonable service unto God. For me, it's like, um, such a small convenience compared to the cross. You know, Come on. when, when I, when I see that, uh, my modesty has, has really just spoken out loud to people when you're, when you decide, Hey, I'm going to be set apart from the people around me. It sparks conversations and I'm all, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, um, that to me is great. You know, some people, when they see you, they automatically know you're either going to be Amish you're gonna, you're gonna be Mormon or you're Pentecostal. <laughs> so you know, at least they know that I'm somewhere there along with Jesus. Right. So, you know, I'm in good company. But for so long, you know, I, it, as you saw from the pictures, you know, I I wore men's clothing and my identity was that thing um, that that was of a man. Just because yeah. I did not want to be Kayla, I did not want to be uh, hurt anymore. So right. I said, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going to be stronger than whatever victimized me. Mm. So I'm going to be, I'm going to dress. I'm going to, it's like a chameleon almost. I'm going to yeah. dress like you. I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to kick it with you. Uh, I'm probably going to sell drugs to you and we're going to be like peers. We're going to be equals. Yeah. So then that way you ain't trying to, you know, victimize me because there's no way that you would even look at me in that way Mm. because that would be like really weird. That'd be like double gay, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I'm like, that'd be real weird. So yeah. So that, but that's what the mind does when it's broken, when the heart's broken, it'll concoct all kind of crazy stuff, you know, but But I like how you explain that though. Like that, yep. that it, it makes so much sense. And I, I, I really believe that's going to touch somebody because that, that really makes so much sense because from the outside looking in, you're like, why are you dressing like that? You know, yeah. just somebody random, but right. then to say, well, I'm, I'm taking on this, I'm taking ownership of this so that I won't get hurt anymore. Yep. And uh, yeah, that, that way I can't be, I can't be abused. Yeah because now I'm the one that's strong. I'm the one that's in control. I'm not going to be vulnerable or weak. And that was so hard for me. And it's still something God's dealing with me. And is that vulnerability, it's that place of saying, um, I'm going to be soft. Yeah. And because there's a difference you can be, I, I love that God has taken all the things that were so rough about me before and angry. And he's just, it's just, it's almost like when you read about Paul, you know, and how he was just totally transformed. God can take all those horrible things that you used in those gifts. I call it your spiritual toolbox, all those things that can be used for evil and for the wrong purpose. And he can say, I didn't give you those tools in that toolbox for that reason. You're using them wrong, silly. Yeah. You need to use them for this. You're wielding them incorrectly. And yeah. boom, you have a come to Jesus meeting and he shows you, it's almost like when you figure out how to use a screwdriver, you're like, oh, I was doing that wrong. You know, right? you realize what these things really were for, what your boldness was for, what your uh, level of persuasion was for, you know, what your uh, ability to just care for people and have compassion for people was for, you know, all these different things that you, that you may have inside of you that you're using for the wrong thing yeah god chose you it was all for a deeper purpose you know that's good that's good um but do you have any advice for the church community on how to love uh the lgt lgbtq community better um as far as loving them where they are absolutely um the first thing we got is we have to stop doing before we can start anything is we have to stop seeing them from our carnality. We have to. Okay. Number one. And that's, 
that's a hard task. Okay. But, and, and sadly, I, I see this from two, not just apostolics, but anyone who professes to be a Christian, I see it far too often. And, and it's, I get to the point, you know, where it says, have you ever seen the meme that says you type out this whole paragraph and then the Holy Ghost says, nope, you need to delete it and just write, say, okay, just say, okay. Mm-hmm. I found myself doing that all too often because you want to tell someone and then you're like, you know what? There's some things only God can reveal. Right. So let me say this. We have to stop seeing them from, from our eyes. Our yeah. eyes will always be judgmental. Um, our heart and, and our flesh is fallible. Okay. And we're always going to look upon people. That's why we're constantly reminded in the word of God. Such were some of you. Yes. Okay. It's just like at this fireworks thing that we did. Uh, I don't know if you saw on my social media, went to this fireworks thing and there was these people behind us and they were, they were very loud and they were saying that now they knew that this was a Christian event, but they all came. Some of them had like green hair and they were like very emo Gothic and they were mocking God. And I felt it start to crawl all over me. And the first thing I want to do is have a Peter response and jump up and chop their ear off. Yes. That's what we do. Yeah. Not just the LGBTQ community, but to all people who yeah. are lost, not wrong. And that was my first instinct. It crawled all over me for a hot minute. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I felt God speak to me and deal with my heart. And yeah. he said, Kim, that was you. Mm. That was you. Yeah. And I remembered all those times over all those years that I was obnoxious and there was people that had to deal with me in places that I had went, different events and places that I went when hanging out with my friends and I'm making silly goat noises or just, you know, cussing and saying stupid stuff and just really, really being obnoxious. And I was like, wow, he checked me right there and yeah. was like, okay, you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is. You got to love. We have to love. It's easier said than done. We want so much to say that we don't want to be, you know, the sound of just, you know, uh, like, like what Corinthians tells us, you know, we, we want to love. That's what we have to do. We are compelled. We're called to do it. But that's how we reach them is we have to love them. And how do we get past that is we get past our flesh is yeah. we just say, God, I need you to show me how to be like you show me how to see like you if we're if i'm to be your hands and feet then this isn't on you this is on me i have to be you because i'm called to be your hands and feet yeah so this is my job i have to assume responsibility now yeah and that that's where we start is just saying okay i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to quit being judgmental I'm going to quit all the mess. I'm going to quit talking about how this is terrible because I'm sure in some instance, we all have sin in our lives. And that's why Jesus himself reminds us not to worry about the speck in someone else's eye when we've got a plank in our own. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's good. That's good. So do you have anything uh, for the one that may be struggling with same-sex attraction um or not even that but just know someone that may be in that lifestyle well you know here's the thing god weaves a tapestry that's woven from beautifully discarded things like you and me to reach people like you and me that's what he does He's good like that. Yeah. So personally, I don't want to get choked up, you know, when I say this, but the main thing that you can do, in all honesty, to anyone that's got family that's struggling, to any of the people that's messaged me, 
about family or friends or coworkers or anyone that's struggling uh, with same-sex attraction. It's, it's something that's not easy uh, to overcome. It's, it's not. I'm not going to lie to you and say that it is. Um, but we have a choice. At least we have a choice. Um, and that's something that I never had before, you know? And that was the whole beautiful thing about it was after my experience of, of repenting with God and really just pouring out those hurts to him, I realized now I actually really have a choice. I don't have to be trapped. And um, your family doesn't have to be trapped either. You don't have to be trapped if you're listening to this. There is always hope through the blood. It is not ever going to be an instantaneous thing um, unless Jesus himself decides that it's going to be. And he can do that. He's a great and mighty God. And there is nothing that he cannot do. But for the most part, uh, when we all come to God with any of our hurts, our faults, our sins, um, we have to be prepared to put in some work. We have to be prepared to pick up our cross and carry it. And sometimes that can get really heavy. Uh, some people, you know, maybe their cross doesn't look like it's quite as heavy as yours, depending on what you're dealing with. Some people seem to or appear to have it a lot easier. Um, but any type of homosexuality, any type of uh, spirit of perversion, uh, lavishness, any of those things that deal with sexuality, period. Those are things that are not the easiest to deal with because it deals directly with the flesh. And we have to get to a place where we are really committed to praying the scriptures and understanding under the fear of the Lord, not out of just being afraid, but the true fear and love of the Lord. Okay. Right that we can surrender our members to God and understand that he loves us and he wants to see us be overcomers. He doesn't yes. want us to see us be bound up because that's what you are. You're basically a slave to your sin until you are born again. When you're born a second time, that gives you the opportunity to make a choice. Right. You're not, you're not just trapped saying, well, this is it, you know, there's many, there, I had a conversation, a wonderful conversation, uh, everyone that's listening and, and you Kayla with a woman who is very inspiring to me, who is trying to work her way. And if she's listening, I hope she is. She's so inspiring. She's working her way through same-sex attraction and she was married, got divorced because she was filled with the Holy ghost in her living room mm. and God was so real to her at that moment that she said, you know what? I can't, I, I can't deny that he's real. I can't live, even though I love this person, I can't live in direct objection to God's word right. because I see it for myself, what it says. So we right. got to line ourselves up with God's word. Yeah. And we have to make that choice. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's so good. And like, I, I referenced the scripture earlier and I'm going to give it to y'all. Um, and it's Jude 1 24. It says now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy. And I think a lot of times we take, like I said earlier, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves to not seeing or not like this or not want to be in the same sex, you know, relationship. And we put so much pressure on us. And, and it's like, when you come to Christ, you're coming to God and he, the Holy spirit. And we talked about it earlier, but he will help you Amen. from stumbling. It's not on our own will. It's, it's God and his holy spirit that's going to live in you if you accept him um 
and don't put the pressure on yourselves to be something that you are not. You know, we're not asking you to be something that you're not. We're asking you to be yourself and give your issues and your problems over to God and be born again um, so that you can live free in this world. That's um, right. And that's how you overcome it. Um, that's how you, that's right. And so uh, I hope that this conversation has helped whoever listens to this. I know it It has helped me, um, Kim. I thank you and I appreciate you for, for taking the time to talk to me about this. Um, and where can people find you? Other than, you know, we know you on social media, but for the people that may not know who you are, um, you know, where can they find you at? Well, honestly, you can find me at the church house. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find me uh, on Facebook, um, on social media. Like I said, um, you can always look me up my, my page. I keep it public. I like to keep it public so people can always look me up at any point. I also have Instagram. I'm not as active on there. Um, so Facebook would be productive you know, predominantly the best place to reach me, um, and private, you can always private message me people. Um, they do. And I try to respond as much as I possibly can. I'm open to, to responding into it. And I love just having conversation. Um, yeah. we need to spark these conversations, these real conversations, these authentic conversations about these real life struggles and not just put a pattern on it, you know, and just say, yeah. Oh, Jesus is going to do this. Jesus, gonna, I mean, he is going to do it, but you know, we need to just be real. Yeah. We need to just love. We need to be real. And we need to just embrace one another and just stop trying to over-religious, you know, yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? Religify? Can we make that a word, Caleb? We're going to make it a word. I make words up all the time. <laughs> we, can't do, we can't do that with people. We have to love right. people. Listen, we love you. If you're listening, we love you. God loves you. Nobody is against you. God no. is for you. Yes. And, uh, you know, I mean, regardless, that's what, that's what won me. That's what got me here today. Um, just living a whole nother life than I ever thought that I would, you know, I smile when I wake up in the morning. I used to wake up in the morning and just wonder how I was going to get through the day. And that's yeah. just gone. That's gone. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Well, again, I thank you and I appreciate you for joining me today. I appreciate you and I appreciate the opportunity. And like I said, hit me up on Facebook. I will be posting more about when the book uh, will come out. Um, we're going to start writing and doing some things uh, coming up this month. So we're just really excited for what God's doing. He's doing it. It's all glory to him. And we just want to reach people. I just want to touch people. And, um, and we just thank God for it. We really do. Awesome. Wasn't that episode just amazing? Yes, it was. Do me a favor. Go ahead and share and like this episode. Subscribe. Do whatever you need to do and just tell someone about it because you do not know what that would do for someone else. So please share, subscribe, and I will talk to you guys soon.